0: this is a show where we talk about an idea concept theme trend and relate it to some kind of media like film tv video games books music and hopefully discover something about ourselves or our culture along the way thanks for listening Okay, welcome to the show. This is Eli, and with me today is Jeremy, and today we're talking about some now playing in our living rooms, um, what we've been watching lately, different things. So we're going to talk about some stuff we watch with our kids, maybe some stuff we've just been watching on our own, Um, so we have a few things to talk about today. I think the first thing we're gonna talk about is a little follow up on Castlevania. Yeah, which you watched and talked about. I talked about it a little bit earlier, and now you've had a chance to watch it. Yeah, and I remember you
1: being like, "It's all right, you know, good anime, and yeah. Richard Armitage's yeah. voice acting is really good." Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a good impression of you, but and uh, so I was, uh, <clears throat> I had this problem, which was uh, problem. you know, I watched a few episodes of the second season of The Leftovers and was we'll talk about later put off yeah and so I was
0: uh, looking for something else
1: looking for something to entertain me as I mm-hmm. worked up enough courage to continue <laughs> on and uh, Netflix was like hey Jeremy why don't you check this out and I was like yeah. oh Eli mentioned it mm-hmm. I was like well, it was only four episodes so I was like yeah I sure. checked it out and uh, I really enjoyed it mm-hmm. it's really good anime yeah um, uh, Richard Armitage is uh, voice acting is great Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, hard to describe unless you've watched it. But, like, he plays uh, Trevor Belmont. And so I think that the cast of characters from the show comes from the Super Nintendo version of Castlevania, um, in which you have the option of playing as Trevor Belmont, Alucard, who is Dracula's son, um, and this female magic user person. His mm-hmm. name I can't remember. Um and, uh, and so in the ca- in this Castlevania which we watch yeah um, th- th- those characters sort of meet each other and uh join forces to go fight Dracula and like that's where you know episode four ends right kind um of a, but so the, point, the, yeah. the, the Trevor Belmont is like this sort of disgraced superhero <laughs> character um which is he's like adorable from the beginning mm-hmm. in and in, in so like the show is um is not for kids no um and yeah and there's like Entrails, there's a yeah. lot of entrails, yeah. Um, it doesn't have like, I mean, thankfully, it doesn't have like gratuitous, non consensual sex, yeah, or any of that. I mean, no, it's, yeah, anyways, yeah, there's gross, yeah, but it's, it's not like there's no rape and stuff, which mm-hmm. is always, I mean, it does exist in other anime. I don't like it, I, yeah, I don't fancy it. Um, I have lots of stuff to say about it, I'll just say <laughs> that. Um, but, from the beginning, you know, like, uh, Trevor Belmont is, like, in a bar, and he's, like, mm-hmm. drunk, and he's just looking for a place to sleep, and, you know, and, you know, there's this moment, sort of, like, in, um, you know, in Firefly, where he's like, hey, like, you look like you might be one of the people that I hate, and <laughs> <Right, laughs> like, yeah. your coat looks a little brown, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, it gets involved in a brawl, and you know he's and he's totally this like reluctant hero character yeah which sort of drunk yeah uh, yeah and and he's adorable from the very (laughs) beginning um and there's just there's such um i don't know like appropriate cynical disdain with Mm. like everything he he says yeah um it just like animates the whole world Mm -hmm. um and i think like part of what makes it good too is that I think I think the story is fairly good yeah Um, you know it starts off um, this woman is interested in doing medicine and so she comes to see the scary Count Dracula (laughs) who's also a man of science Mm -hmm. Um, and he you know and he's very much like I'm not a vampire I'm a man of science right Um, with his fangs and so uh, he teaches her how to do medicine and modern science and she convinces him to
0: sort of walk as a man in the
1: mm-hmm. world, you know, and, Being like, and have more, more faith yeah. in humanity, mm-hmm. which is sweet and adorable, and it's done in, like, the first four or five minutes.
0: Yeah, I like that they uh, actually start kind of with Dracula. It was kind of yeah. surprising to me, and I was like, oh, is this about Dracula more? But yeah. then it kind of steps back, yeah. Um,
1: and so, and then, uh, and then like, we get the presence of the church, mm-hmm. um, which is mm, one of my favorite parts of the show. <laughs> like, the church, it's in this... Um, world is like the catholic church mm-hmm. um and they are like really really bad yeah <laughs> um and and you know and so like you have an even have like you have like dracula which is of like, gruesome and evil and vengeful mm-hmm. but you have this church and, and so i must back up and say um one of the, the inciting incident of the sort of the series um is that uh, dracula this woman who like learns medicine eventually right. marries dracula and they have a son and she goes out into the world and is healing people and the church brands her uh, a witch and a heretic and they burn her at the stake. Mm-hmm. Dracula finds out, appears before everyone else and is like, look, you horrible people. You know, like you just ruined the most important thing in my entire life. Right. And just prove that you guys are like an entirely worthless race of things. I'll give you a year. Clear out of here and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But if you stay a year from now, I'm going to bring kind of plague you've never seen before right like you don't even know yeah. you, y'all don't know yeah right um and so and the church is sort of i, I mean and they're just so smug right they're like oh <laughs> the devil I mean. like we're powerful and stuff yeah. um but they're i mean they're, they're clearly corrupt mm-hmm. you know and it's and there's some mac machina- i mean like you eventually learn that like they you know they killed dracula's wife but you know and she was doing science, and there's a couple guys that are like, oh, look, I do science, and they're like, oh, you better not tell the bishop that, you know. There's, right, so it's right. like all this, like, it's clearly about power, and it's clearly mm-hmm. about control. And there's a, you know, because it's an anime show, it really um, has a lot of echoes for me uh, of uh, um, Full Metal Alchemist. I don't remember the name of the first town they go. Okay. The first town that they go to. Um, it's this sort of like uh, there's a lot of Spanish names and Mm -hmm. it feels a lot like this Catholic town and there's like a a guy there who has you know supposed mystical powers that's like more powerful than alchemy because it's you know alchemy is sort of science in this world Mm -hmm. and so there's this again like this this conflict between science and religion which is played out in this main characters in the enemy world Um, well needless to say the people don't leave the town (laughs) Um, Dracula comes back a year later and like the, the, the church is having a celebration. Like, oh, look, right. there's no devil here at all. And then, like, <laughs> blood falls from the sky yeah. and demons come and, like, eviscerate everybody like, right It is magnificent and glorious. <laughs> um, one of the things that... There's a few moments in it that are sublime. Hmm. Um, one of which is... Um, uh, there's, like, this evil big demon thing mm-hmm. and he's coming into the church mm, and it's sort of like the, the, the guy yeah. who actually... You know killed um dracula's wife um and he like he he's he, like he's totally convinced that his like purity and a holiness um is gonna uh protect him mm-hmm. and the demon just like saunters right on through into the right. church like, he holds up his little cross mm-hmm. you know and i don't know if he like he either knocks it away or melts it or eats it or yeah, something yeah. um you know, and I, I don't remember what the line is. I wish I remember. You know, he's like, "Oh, you like, you're the God? Can't you, God? Holiness prevents you from coming here." Yeah. And and the demon just like, "God is not in this place." Mm. You know, which is not to say that like. Like, which is a, God
0: doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: not that he doesn't exist or he isn't powerful or right. there isn't, but it's like in you, this place, yeah. you motherfuckers <laughs> are some corrupt pieces of shit, mm-hmm. and you don't get that. Yeah, and it's like, and it's something like nothing's gonna stop me from eating your head. And then he eats his head, um, which is fibrous. We don't, and they actually, don't show us the head eating. They just see it. it's a really tasteful. Compared sort to other of things, scene. Yeah. yeah, we just kind of see him lift up off the ground and some blood fall out, which I thought was just.
0: I 90%. thought of the interesting scene now that you mention it. That I also liked. Um, These aren't just sort of, like, horrible, baseless creatures, but, like, that demon thing, like, has a conversation with him, sort of, Yeah, I remember and it was, like, very smart and intelligent and, like, made that sound, and I was like, oh, that took me... I just thought it was going to walk in and kill him or something, and then it was, like, started talking.
1: Well, I mean, mean, from the beginning, when, like, Dracula presents himself Mm -hmm. as a man of science... I, I'm, right. A man of ethics and morals, uh-huh. um, and it and like and presents humanity as being sort of the the horrible bestial right. thing, right? You
0: know, it, like it's immediately interesting to me. Yeah, he's more evolved than sort of humanity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, I didn't uh, forgot to mention last time the sort of religious commentary they're making, but yeah, it was pretty strong, and I don't know, totally out of place for probably that period for the church. um But, yeah, I think they're definitely pitting uh, it against those aspects. And I do like the main character who kind of, like, at least pretends, puts on that he doesn't really care about any of these points of view, but then sort of, like, does rescue innocent people. Yeah. But in some cases, it's just like, I don't know. This is what you guys did. going to bring it on yourselves. But, like, when it comes down to it, he, like... Wants to protect them, yeah.
1: and I mean, and I mean, it's it's a very cliched presentation. Like his family is disgraced; he's the mm-hmm. last one of the line, Right. and the, the Belmonts are have been uh, excommunicated from the church because they use magic and mm-hmm. other stuff to fight demons mm-hmm. and stuff. And I'm like, I'm just sort of hook, line, and sinker for all of it. Yeah, and you know, and then you know, and it's and one of the joys of anime is like the the main character doesn't actually have to be good at anything because you can just draw him to do whatever. Yeah, so he like he's like. Shh. You know, shambling about as a Uh drunk, and then he's like whipping people's eyes out with the whip. You know, and like like, at one point, he like does like a backflip and kicks his spinning sword into the eye of a
0: cyclops or something. Yeah, he's like that is some respectable. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the action's pretty good in it. Yeah,
1: I I did find there is one point where they like fall like seven times into Mm -hmm. like Dracula's castle. Yeah, and I was like. Maybe touching life. on an element of gameplay I don't remember, or, yeah. I'm like, uh, I mean, and it does create a sense of space, mm-hmm. um, but I'm like, space, why, yeah. did you, why are you falling? Yeah. Like, I sort why, of lost. Why is, like, the floor falling? Why are we still, and why are you not dead?
0: Yeah. I found um, by that point in the scene, I was like, where, where did he go to get here? I don't really remember. Like, where is How he did you? going? Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I was pretty impressed with the show. Yeah. I um, I think you mentioned before, like, Vampire Hunter D, which is kind of reminiscent of that. Um, That style, even, yeah, I think was was a good move. Not being a gamer, by the way, I did play a fair amount of Castlevania. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't remember many details from the game, but I know I did play it quite a bit.
1: I mean, so I, like, inspired inspired by the show, Mm -hmm. I, like, went back, and I was like, I'm going to play... Because I I never beat the original, super Uh hard... Um, I never beat the second one, okay. in a, uh, Simon's Quest, mm. um, which I was obsessed with because it's, it's like this RPG thing. Mm. Um, the third one, which is more like the first, uh, okay. a little bit easier, I think. Yeah, uh, that's Dracula's Curse. And then there's the one I think it's I think it's just called like Castlevania X or something for the Super Nintendo, which is great. It's like, um, and I think like I was just having a moment of reminiscence. where like, oh, like all of these games for the Super Nintendo were, like, so awesome. Right, yeah. like... It's, like, my favorite Zelda link to the past. <laughs> you know, this, Castlevania, like, the original Super Metroid. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, whenever, like, when 16-bits finally came around, like, there was so much creativity <laughs> locked you, into 8-bits okay. that just overflowed. Um. Um, but I... And so... I played... Um, I tried to play like Simon's Quest all the way through, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's really hard <laughs> and like fairly arbitrary. It's like it's far more challenging and um, confusing mm. um, uh, than I remember. Because mm. I was, like, I-, I assumed as a kid that there was either something in the manual that I didn't read because uh, I oh, rented yeah. it to figure it out, or like there was. It was like the story was clear. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't able to get because I was younger so, yeah. it's not the case it's, <laughs> it's just hard kind of nonsense <laughs> you know and it's like one of the things one of the hallmarks I think those like complex 8-bit complex games mm-hmm. is like they're like you need to go to like so-and-so mansion and you're like, nothing you ever go into tells you that it's that thing. It's just like there happens to be a large dungeon kind of thing that's near where you are. Yeah. And I was like, I, it just needs a sign or like an intertitle or something right. to tell me something that like missing, the right? thing that they told me I had to go do, I just did. Yeah. Um, and there's there's a, there's a couple there's a couple things in there that I remember like having to like look at my friend's Nintendo Power to beat. You know, which you don't have to do anymore. You mm-hmm. just look on the internet. Yeah. But it was yeah. like. Oh, it was like again. It was like so laborious. I was like, I got, I put, I put in my due diligence. Like, I was really happy to see them available on the Nintendo 3DS Virtual Console. Oh, um, but uh, I was like, oh, it, it doesn't hold up, and you know, because like, I mean, just rambling on about video games for like thirty seconds. More. <laughs> I mean, like when I was a teenager, like I sort of had like an interruptus when i was playing um final fantasy 3 um which is probably my favorite it's the first one for the super nintendo um i i got like close to the end but i wasn't able to get to the end so like when i was in grad school like and i got on an emulator i like i like played the crap out of that (laughs) and i kicked the crap out of kafka at the end of it because it it was like the glorious moment and the game was just as enjoyable as i remember it when i was Mm -hmm. a kid and even even more so that's fun. Um but not so with Castlevania too. No. But the Super Nintendo one's still great. But and you know, and the first and the third are these good arcade sort of games. Yeah. But um Second one is 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 as much nonsense as I remember it being. Hmm. Um and you know, and it's like hard but hard so much so hard in an arbitrary way that like you, you just doesn't even make any sense how yeah, you figure out these like well if you wait on this as it goes over there and then comes back, which makes no sense at all, you go to a new place. I'm yeah, like, games like that are hard. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's that about that. Castlevania well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. I, I assume that we get more adventures. Yeah, I know.
0: Um, I have read that it has. I hope it's kind of like the Voltron thing, where like they come out faster than once a year. Yeah, I, I don't know how fast the Voltron are coming out, but it definitely seems faster than yeah. once a year. So, by the way, Winter second season of Voltron, awesome. Yeah. Um. Third season. Third season. Third season. Third of Voltron. season. Third season of not Voltron. quite there yet. Yeah. Great. Yeah. New Still bad solid. guy.
1: Nice. More complex hmm. stuff going on, um, cool. complicated plot. Uh, we do we do enter into um, alternate dimensions. Oh, um, and alternate realities, <laughs> which is a bit a bit of a stretch. And I'm just going to go with it. Okay. Um, there are statements Please made, so well. like the reason why Voltron is so powerful is because he's made of a material that exists in multiple realities. Hmm. Um, and that's. But there, there's there's a really interesting. We get to see why Zarkon goes evil. We get to see where right. Hagar comes from, hmm. um, and that those characters mm-hmm. um, are are made much more interesting by that origin story. Oh, cool. because um, they're just kind of like bad and evil. Yeah, you know, and she, and she's like also Hagar is also a um, from the planet. Uh,
0: yeah, I can't remember the
1: name. Uh, from the planet that um, the princess and um, right. Maria from, um, anyway, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, not not quite as good as two. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also I also always appreciate um, that it is n- new and going in a different direction. Yeah. And and that's interesting. You hmm. know. Um. Something else.
0: Yeah. To talk about Castlevania. Yeah. Um, something else from your list, Eli. Uh, yeah. I did want to mention more of a kids thing. It was my birthday recently, and I. Saw something online that um, they were showing Raiders of the Lost Ark, and one of the major chains was doing like a classic throwback. Actually, I think they were showing all of the Indiana Jones films, but that was the first, of course. So I was like, oh, great. Um, I can take our oldest son, who's eight. Uh, So I think we watched some of it in the past, um, just at home, but I think he was too young to remember watching that. So it was like fresh for him. And I think he was at the right age to like an adventure sort of story like that. So I was really excited. We got tickets um, all set up. He was excited. So uh, it was a great experience. Really fun. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know, like some parts I thought he might be confused and he would like make little comments and I was like, oh, he totally gets it. Like little moments that they sort of preview, like what he's going to do. And then he was like totally on top of it. And he's like, yeah, he's going to do that and uh when we were on vacation earlier i don't know i overheard my two sons talking and then like my older one was telling the younger one about it like the scene where he just like takes out his gun and just like shoots the guy with the big like sword you know that famous scene and and he didn't mention it at the time but it's kind of fun to hear those things like that he experienced the same way i did um that were fun moments so it was just cool to, like, one of my favorite, like, films growing up um, and character. I wanted to be Indiana Jones when I was a kid. Uh, grew up to be an archaeologist, even though I didn't really want to be an archaeologist, but thought that's what you did, was go on adventures. Um, so that was cool. He didn't complain about it looking old or anything like that. So that was good. Uh, and then kind of around the same time right before we went to see that, I heard about, which this is not really... The newest news, but I didn't hear about it. But a few years back, somebody tracked down like the transcripts from George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, and I think I want to say Lawrence Kasdan was there too, and their like initial kind of conversation, just like laying out who Indiana Jones was and Raiders of the Lost Ark and what they were gonna do, um, and so I looked that up online. It was readily available but I had never heard about it, but it was really fun. I mean, like, from things that we've done, where we've, like, done projects really quick and we had to, like, brainstorm a story really fast, it just reminded me of, like, the fun of sort of doing that. And, I mean, obviously, in the transcript, like, George Lucas, I would say, is the one that talks the most and, which I didn't realize he had quite a hand in it as much of it, but he, like, had a lot of the concepts figured out and stuff. So they had definitely thought about it before, but it was great to just kind of hear, like, how they how they were borrowing from, like, old classic films and adventure films, and um, they were kind of reinventing action films in this character. He was almost envisioned as a superhero, so talking about, like, you know, having the whip as sort of, like, his... Like branded, you know, sort of weapon and stuff like that um, was really fascinating. So it was cool to see those two things in combination. I had a lot of fun uh, actually seeing that in the theater with my son, which we haven't got to see much in the theater recently together. Yeah,
1: so. I mean, we've talked before about like our our b- both of our private love obsession with like inklings. You know, this this idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, at some yeah. Pub, uh-huh. you know, in in England, yeah. you know, back in the day, there's C.S. Lewis, mm-hmm. there's Tolkien, and there's others. Yeah, you know, and I think what's what's most seductive about that for me is um, the idea of like creating these ideas, mm-hmm. because I mean, it's also the recognition that it, like it's not. It's not like you. they fell down and hit their head and came up with the fucking capacitor. Right, right. You know, just it's like nowhere, it's yeah. very consciously reworking mm-hmm. old ideas, contemporary ideas with mm-hmm. a little bit of sort of their own bit. Right. Um, and it's just, I mean, the things that are most... I don't know there's just things that are like self-evidently interesting to me mm-hmm. you know and it's like and they're, they're ideas or people or characters that i don't even i mean i'm sure you can like analyze it more deeply but they're just interesting yeah you know and they're a blend of familiar and unfamiliar they're mm-hmm. a blend of old and new yeah you know they're a blend of comfortable or make a blend of comfortable and adventurous and uncomfortable mm-hmm. you know and 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 then you have them go on an interesting story yeah. you know, not have that story be both like um interesting in the moment like mm-hmm. it draws you through yeah but it also has bigger ideas that mm-hmm. are present um you know and it's just um so much of what i you know when i complain about media that i see there's like we're so good at you know, making people look good and sound clear and have good makeup, and we're yeah. great at creating sets and we're great at production and distribution. Mm-hmm. But at the very beginning of it, I mean, there's, it's it, it's almost like it's like a vacuum cleaner just sort of sucking up all these sort of semi original ideas. Yeah. Um, but it, sometimes I just think it moves too fast, mm-hmm. you know, and that like a lot of the, the interesting and good ideas that like you just, you, you know, whether you tell The Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. in three books. Right. or in a paragraph on an elevator it's an it's an interesting mm-hmm. you know and there are characters you know I mean even like you know, just like a classic like, like Batman yeah. or Superman right like in two sentences and in a thousand comic books they're they're interesting mm-hmm. um, and I you know I just I just I'm always fascinated by that you know I think it's you know I think it's the same way like in yeah. you know, like in you know, like athletes you know, modern athletes like look back at like the classic athletes are like oh my god these guys were amazing right, you know, right. what was it like to be yeah. there you know like yeah. i know they're like a friend of mine who's a biker and, like has these old pictures from the, <laughs> from the tour de france where they're right. like smoking cigarettes with like, tires over their shoulders and right. to, you know, to imagine this modern massive commercialized mm-hmm. machine to be just a bunch of guys something. right um that's always interesting yeah um i also think too i mean someday we'll, we'll actually do our show about fandom but, yeah. I mean, in, in the modern world, like there's a very clear role for content creators, content distributors, mm-hmm. and like content consumers. Mm-hmm. And like those are very clearly defined categories. People go to school to study individual elements of that. Yeah. And so it's sometimes it's nice to just be like, oh, this is... George Lucas was a guy talking yeah. to two other guys who were into film about some ideas and concepts. Right. Um, and it's and also, the- I think, really cool to see how you know how you know it's like you come up with your first draft of indiana
0: jones mm-hmm. and to see how that you know the different draft. drafts of him change as they yeah. sort of
1: move through time
0: yeah and i i mean it was just kind of fun to see them like spitballing ideas yeah i mean they were pretty on top of it i mean for all the flack you know i think we give george lucas now for the prequels and what he did to star wars like looking back at that i was like he was pretty genius like He knew what he was talking about at least at that time he was a really strong storyteller and i think steven spielberg has probably maintained more of that (laughs) through his career um as a real talent but it's fun to see you know george lucas throwing something out and then you know even from a written transcript you can see like steven spielberg like excitedly like jumping and he's like yeah and then we should do this you know like he should also have this like a hat cool hat that he can't lose you know like these little ideas that you saw from the beginning like Mm -hmm. just in these conversations so that's exciting to me. What else you got?
1: Oh, I mean, <clears throat> I'll, I'll do two, two, one quick and then one slightly more, less quick. Um, <laughs> due to, like, circumstance, our, our, our family uh-huh. has, has fallen into the Avatar of the Last Airbender yeah. franchise world. Yeah. Um, I know I had, uh, it's a Nickelodeon show. Uh, yeah. You can find it on... The, the Shyamalan TV. film, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh. <laughs> Continue. Um, and so... Uh, Yes. Um, it's like, it has a twist. You'll never believe it. And then another movie. It has a twist. You'll never believe it. Sorry. Yeah. But we... Uh, I think, like... I had showed some... The first episode or two of the first series, which is mm-hmm. after The Last Airbender, to my kids two years ago, because i heard mm-hmm. about it. And then it was okay. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like it was going somewhere. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, it's okay.
0: We did a similar thing. Um, a similar reaction, yeah.
1: And so, um... Recently, maybe two or three months ago, there was um, uh, a game by an, it's a it's a it's a it's a company that did they did uh, Transformers Devastation, which I've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, they also did the Bayonetta game, which is a little overly sexual, but has really good gameplay. And they also did a, a, a Legend of Korra game, which mm-hmm. and the Legend of Korra is the the, the second series in the, right. the last Airbender series. Um, the avatar is a girl; she's a teenager. There's a lot more teenage stuff and mm-hmm. a lot more morally complex mm-hmm. interesting storylines mm-hmm. you know like i mean like it's just a little more grown up yeah um and so my i got that free it was like on games for gold it's a free one for the month we downloaded it and i was like hey you know because you know my older kid who often like could be into something and they'll be like hey like do you have something like fun for me dad <laughs> and i was like well i downloaded this game last month and he's like well let me try it out and so it's super great game super mm-hmm. great gameplay i mean th- those guys just develop awesome games yeah um, and he's like, you know, and so we were going on a road trip, and I was just like, hey, like, I got some of it out from the library, and the, like, the, the first two discs, which are, like, the first season, mm-hmm. um, and they watched them all the way through, and then they watched yeah. them all the way through again, and then they <laughs> went to a friend's house and watched them all the way through again there, wow. totally into it, and they're like, do you have any, is there any more of these? And I was like, yeah, there's a whole four-season run right. for Aang at the beginning, and like, oh my gosh, and then there's, like, a whole four-season run for Korra, so we were like, um ears deep Deep in that Um, and I mean I have to say like I haven't watched all the episodes that they've watched um, but it's a pretty great show Mm -hmm. Um, it seems like a pretty solid franchise Um, it has a lot of real world tie-ins like the airbenders Mm. are tibetans yeah um you know there's in in this i think it's the second season of legend of korra there are these guys called equalists that are Mm. running around taking everyone's magical powers which are essentially like chinese communists in the communist you know in the (laughs) the cultural revolution yeah um then there's a lot of interesting global things that Mm -hmm. come there's issues of religion and whatnot yeah um it's it's fun um, I think it's well written, and and, and they're like uh, the skills that they have to control the elements are called bending, so like there's a water bender, right. and they're very clear that it's not magic. Like, it's, <laughs> at every point, like every point they show like oh, that's magic. <laughs> no, it's water bending. Um, and it, you know, it, it has a lot of classic elements of anime science. I mean, like mm. anime sci-fi tropes and, and steampunk, and it's got mm. some like kung fu in it. It it's like a, a romping mm-hmm. epic. And, you know, and because it's sort of like an epic story, they just include, there's episodes covering, you know, many things. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of progressive gender stuff in it at various points. You know, not mm-hmm. not perfect, but, like, yeah. certainly, like, they talk about issues of gender and gender equality and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Well, we'll talk about this in another show, too. If, you're, if, you are, if you are all interested in the show for you or your kids, check it out. Um, I would suggest starting with The Legend of Korra. Because um, the, the character, mm. um, she's the second, or she's one incarnation of the avatar of which the character Aang in the, in the first series is, really? is. And I think they do a better job sort of telling Aang's story, you know, from The Legend of Korra in the past mm. than they do telling the story about Aang when he's a kid. I mean, it's cool. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, the storytelling is progressively better as the story goes along. Yeah. And when they hit the ground running with The Legend of Korra, they, they just have a. Um, you know, you just, it's, it out, it's denser, it's more complex, interesting, you get to talk about Aang's kids, they talk about his childhood, and you get to fill in all the different gaps about stuff that happened yep. in the first season. There's this, there's an article that came out in the New York Times about, about <laughs> two months ago, which was about, like, you know, I think the title was, like, it's okay to skip. Mm. Meaning, like, it's okay to start Buffy in the third season. You yeah. know, it's okay to, you know, start The Leftovers in the second season, which we'll, well talk about nice. in another show. Yeah. But, um... You know, I would say I just the other thing that I, I thought about is there. There have been a couple things where like the foray into a franchise or a world has been a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, the Legend of Korra is one for us. Also, like today we watched the the first part of the Fellowship of the Rings in our family, mm-hmm. which is like a, I mean the, the the movie is hugely yeah. influential in my childhood. Um, like we used to watch the, we read the books it was the first book to read me as a kid I you know we watched the animated Rankin and Bass and then the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings and then the Rankin and Bass Return of the King like yeah. every month when I was a kid it was like that and Star Wars <laughs> like that's what our weekends were but the foray for my because um, we had said to my nine-year-old like hey like do you want to start Lord of the Rings he's like mm, I don't know <laughs> he read The Hobbit and he liked it Yeah. but I um, I got him a copy of this old a computer game called the uh, Battle for Middle Earth. It's like a real-time strategy based from the movies. Mm-hmm. A new Line of Cinema helped produce it, so it's got you know like it's really well done. Oh, a, yeah. And he was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" And I was like, "You watch Lord of the Rings?" And he's like, "Yeah." Yeah. And so like that was that was finally sort of like what got him interested Interpoint, in that world. Yeah. Um, and I think it's I mean it's a, it's a, it's an option that like I don't think I had when I was a kid. I mean I yeah. remember like the E.T. Atari game, um, <laughs> which is the subject of like, a wonderful documentary. <laughs> um, but there wasn't a whole lot of like. Multiple ways I could get mm-hmm. into stuff, and even like we have a friend who we visit on vacation who's into the Last Airbender, but he um, reads the comic books, or the mm-hmm. graphic novel version of it. Didn't really know there was a show. Really? Um, yeah. And so it's like there, um, it, it's a, it's an interesting world, and and I think that there's yeah. um, a lot of ways to get into a. I mean, I call it a franchise or a mm-hmm. story world or something. Yeah. Um, with the presence of videos, video games, you know, even like. A, um ios games and you know, printed media yeah. there's a there's a lot of different ways to get into entry it points, yeah. um and it's interesting you know and it's interesting to think about like who owns the story right like is, is mm-hmm. like is a tv show if it starts as a tv show is that the official story you know is is the graphic novel version you know and like you know it, and if stuff happens in a game universe like is that you know are they derivative of one or you mm-hmm. know is the one that's primary and so that's those are all the interesting questions
0: so. yeah yeah, we should talk about that more. That's actually some of what I studied in grad school: oh, well, transmedia. Really, it's a good Yeah, really? yeah, Eli. Um, it is like seven in the morning here. No, I'm not yeah, sure. yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think that is a struggle we have in simple terms as a parent too. Like, yeah. uh, do I let them read the book first? Do they need to read the book first of yeah. something more classic like Lord of the Rings, say, or can we just like watch the movie? Like, yeah. what is going to be the best experience for them? Um, is it going to ruin it? Or something yeah. so yeah um i and think that's a good thing one
1: of the questions do. well that question for me though about ruining it mm-hmm. um I, i've probably talked about this before but th- there's like i had seen star wars probably 20 times yeah before i like finally watched the empire strikes back and mm-hmm. i was like riveted and like when he's like <laughs> i'm your father i'm like oh what? my god <laughs> and then he cuts off his hand and he almost dies i'm like Oh my god! <laughs> you know, and like, and I knew it yeah. was coming. Right. You know, and I, I totally had the mo- movies memorized, but I didn't, uh-huh. I didn't, really get entirely what was going on. Yeah. So I think that there's, you know, like, I, yeah. th- There's a lot less pressure to like have them like, no, okay, you have, to, are you having the experience? Are you getting it? Do you understand what just happened? Yeah. They blew up the Death Star. That's a big deal. Right. You know, um, Death Star blew up an entire planet, an entire planet. It's So. Do you, know, so <laughs> Do you big. understand that? Yeah. Because I think that stuff comes especially with like good stuff like star wars mm-hmm. uh you get it on the if you don't if you don't get in the first thing you'll get it on the 17th it doesn't matter right, right. ultimately because you're you'll get it yeah you know and then you then you kind of view it all as a whole
0: yeah but yeah i think we were in a phase of like cycling through the star wars movies every couple months including like the prequels i guess and so but we constantly had conversations like what when is this happening in the timeline? Because, like, yeah. they didn't have a concept yeah. of, like, this film first and this and like yeah. But I think but Star Wars that will start to make more sense. Because
1: the the chronologically earliest films
0: are chronologically later right. than the other ones. But they're like, why do these look newer? And, but the story is old, yeah. Yeah, that's always challenging. Yeah.
1: Another thing I wanted to mention is The Expanse. Now, a lot has come out of me, like, watching the first season of The Leftovers... Mm-hmm. being totally enamored with it yeah and then starting on the second season um there's a huge what the fuck yeah um and then being bold eli's like it's all my favorite so eli says like the it's second the season, season is one yeah. of his favorites so i'm like i'm like hanging on for <laughs> eli's sake um but lost my um my nerve around episode six so I, mm-hmm. I was just like searching out other stuff to watch and i stumbled upon not i mean not necessarily stumbled upon but i, I uh took a dive into The Expanse. Mm. It's a sci-fi show. Yeah. Um, you can get the first season on uh, Amazon Prime. hmm My older brother, who's uh, much more sci-fi nerd than me, recommended it. Other people I know, they're like, gotta try The Expanse. Yeah. And so um, I watched the whole first season of it, um, and I really like it. I would recommend it to anyone who likes any <laughs> Anything that has to do with space, I mean, I think it's, I mean, there is, um, I mean, if you imagine, I don't know how to, there's a, 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 a conversation or a room mm. or a genre mm. that's like epic, realistic, you know, near future sci-fi. Yeah. You know, it, this includes like, um, like the video game Mass Effect. This includes um, Babylon 5 uh, maybe even a little bit of farscape in there
0: yeah. Battlestar Galactica yeah
1: yeah um, before it goes overboard mm-hmm and so this show is most definitely like all of those things like like you you've seen all this stuff yeah like let's take a, another sort of step another stab Some at
0: film noir yeah thinking about yeah detective yeah and, 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 detective,
1: like, yeah. and I just mean noir detective yeah and uh, so I mean from the very beginning there's like a missing person we have like a hard-boiled detective um, and we've got like a mass I mean it starts off with this massive mystery like Mm -hmm. opens up there's a woman don't know who she is stumbles out of this thing and sees this giant blue mass eating people Mm-hmm. and boom and then we're like on a space station yeah and I mean''m I'm, I'm, I'm an absolute sucker for a good noir I, i'm just giving i'm a sucker for a detective i love mystery <laughs> i love murder mysteries yeah. like i mean uh Thomas Jane plays the main character um having played other people mm-hmm. slightly tougher than this he's character great, yeah. he plays a sort of a skinny slightly effeminate he's just great hmm. um i mean I really like how he he's tough but he's not like physically intimidating yeah he's more like just full grit mm-hmm. um you know and also i mean because i like um i really love the the neo-noir brick yeah um and i love the way that they play with um the invincibility of the detective mm-hmm. like because like joseph warden left like, there's a couple he like tries to beat up the guy and he just gets smacked he's just he toasted so yeah yeah he gets beat up yeah, gets beat all the yeah. time yeah. and thomas jane is sort of in he, he's
0: like vacillates between those yeah. he's like tough with a gun he's not particularly tough without a gun He's a little bit of the Castlevania character, too, I think. Like, he cares a little bit more, but I think a lot... Like, he's trying to solve this mystery, and it seems like the other people around him are like, why are you suddenly doing your job so well? Like yeah, 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 why yeah, do you... yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And they're like, you, you're you not, like, on this case anymore. Like, we solved... Yeah, he's like, and, eh, there's something else going
1: on, yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, and Eli hasn't watched the whole first season. I haven't watched the whole first season. Because, I mean, there's... I mean, it, the, the, it's not your job anymore. It gets even more intense as the season goes along. <laughs> that's um, good. But I mean, I'm am a really big fan of like uh, I mean, the, the opening of the wire and one of the th- mm. one of the things I love about that show is mm. like it, it's it's literally all comes out of Jimmy giving a shit when it's not his turn. Yeah. Right. You know, right. that's like him in this courtroom. Yeah. You know, and especially like if you other neon wires, like you think of um, gone to be gone, which is. just... Mm-hmm in a wonderful wonderful film Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's all wrapped up and it's all done but there's this one thing yeah right and i mean like i am fully aware that that is like a tried and true (laughs) genre convention but i love it Mm -hmm. um because it's it also is something that i think continually reflects the way the world is
0: Mm. whether
1: you look at political discourse or even just sort of mass media in general um and think even more deeply about like what you know stephen colbert Stephen Colbert means when he talks about truthiness. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just this sense of like, oh, yeah, I mean, I think that thing and then that guy did it, so it's done. And oh, yeah. yeah, we're totally good here. Right. But the truth is, many of us are like, yeah,
0: but it smells funny. Right. There's something off about that. Yeah.
1: And, and I think like it, it's always really, and, you know, and, and the, the classic noir, especially with the femme fatale, always really rewards, at least as the viewer, is mm-hmm. a massive payoff. Like, because mm-hmm. you uncover something Gigantic, right? By pulling that thread, and I think this sets us up to do that. I know one of the things Eli complained about is like the the reveal of this mystery mm-hmm. um, is slow. Yeah, um, which I, you like? No, I really like it. Yeah, because there's there's plenty of other things. There's sort of two main parallel storylines that eventually intersect. Mm-hmm. They're both sort of progressing along. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I mean, I think I told Eli about this, but like, uh, there's a lot. I think uh Series station which is where a lot of the action takes place um in the expanse it reminds me a lot of uh both the space station in mass effect and um space in uh, babylon 5. Mm-hmm. i mean i think like there's the main area which is essentially based on the Zokolo and babylon 5 which is great mm-hmm. i think it's yeah this weird melange of <laughs> neon and whatever yeah which is great um, and I think that but in, in both like the early Babylon 5 and in Mass Effect there's like you you meander around in this world worried about medium grade problems mm-hmm. um, for a long time yeah. for the entirety of the first Mass Effect game until the mm-hmm. very very end in mm-hmm. um, Babylon 5 almost up until the end of the second season it isn't until then that you're like holy shit! Like, there is this entire (laughs) other other scope of the story that we didn't even know. Mm. And that's, for me, like, in Babylon 5 and Mass Effect, that's what keeps it interesting. Mm. You know, it's like... You know, because there's either... There's two... I mean, two general approaches to, like, having your big bad structure. Like, it can Mm -hmm. be like Buffy, where you have a new big bad every season. Yeah. Or, like, your big bad just keeps getting bigger and bigger. You know, it's like... you, You beat the big bad in your little thing, and then you go out into these bigger things. And I also, like... I mean... I guess I'm kind of old-fashioned yeah like I, I I feel like like if they say were to contrast like the progression of towards the mystery and the expanse first mm-hmm. like the new Babylon 5 or, I mean the new um Battlestar Galactica like the last two seasons of Battlestar Galactica could be replaced by like a single sentence which tells you who <laughs> the Cylons are right because none of the rest of it is interesting draw it out. and they have nothing else going for it Whereas I feel like the expanse, like there is like interesting stuff happening all along the way. Mm. Um, and I one there's, I guess two, two highlights that I would like to point out. One of which is just in this world, for those that haven't seen it, cause I want you to like, uh, earth and, um, the moon are sort of a political entity. Mm. Um, there's Mars, which is a political entity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this, the asteroid belt. Um, or the outer planets which is they're they're colonies they're owned by Mars or Earth or independent companies Mm -hmm. and part of our story is like them reaching towards independence and revolution Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the most interesting things about it for me is like the relationship of of everyone to Earth and particularly like Mars to Earth Mm -hmm. because we don't we're, I mean, our story is told primarily from like Earthers, people that are from Earth, that know Earth, or like yeah. that's our, our perspective. We we also have like our our second storyline, which involves the Thomas Jane detective. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes place in the asteroid belt. Yeah. Those are generally Belters. Um, we don't know much of Mars. We eventually encounter some Martians. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a very disciplined military. Like they're they're right. they're like very focused. And there's this interaction between a guy from Earth and one of the uh, captains on this Martian ship, which have clearly superior technology, like, without a doubt. Yeah. They are talking about some sort of, like, thing on Earth, and uh, the Martian says to the Earther, it's like, you know, this is why we'll never understand each other. Mm -hmm. It's like, on Mars, like, we are an entire culture singly focused on turning this desert into a garden. Right. And you guys had a garden, and you paved it over (laughs) and destroyed it. Which is both phenomenally interesting in the case of this sci-fi world um, because of, like the tension between all these people mm-hmm. um, you know and then you have people in, in the, in the asteroid belt that are born in low gravity and actually can't really live on earth comfortably and then you have like this correlation to a regular to our world in which like you know whether mars is a, a third world country or you know just like you know and like um earth are these like you know i like the um First world countries or like privileged white people that like have all this stuff and destroy it anyway, where you and you have other people that are struggling to sort of have their own stuff. It's it's an interesting mm-hmm. way of thinking about it. Yeah. Um. You know, and it's also another way of saying like, say we ext- extrapolate out, I and mean, I think from this very real anxiety that's felt pretty much all across the world now that mm-hmm. we're destroying our planet. Yeah. And sort of can't be bothered to do anything else about it. Right. You know, it's an it, it's a it was a really interesting and pointed critique. Um, of someone you know like in this world that has that yeah. hasn't been on earth right and can be like and has the appropriate perspective to say like, <laughs> yeah like you got you c- couldn't be bothered yeah like you know we we are on a planet that has no water mm-hmm. and we are building a civilization that is far better than yours right um, though we're smaller and have less resources and you guys have everything you want mm-hmm. everything you want everything like everything yeah. else that everyone in the, in the world desires they're trying it's to make right. another earth and you guys just like can't pick up your trash <laughs> right. you know you're like you know, you can't be bothered yeah, to recycle. Yeah. And and there's a couple places where you know, in different parts of the story where they reinforce that. You know, like there's a mm-hmm. they go to um one of the main characters' homes in Montana mm-hmm. and there's this very complex sort of like legal wrangling to get it to still be green space. Mm. Um and it's not like the main focus of the episode mm-hmm. but like you can see how like um, even on the planet itself, the pressure to like just turn it into a giant city, which is where, which is right. what most of what everything looks like. It, it most stuff yeah. takes place in New York. They don't have funding, I think, for a whole lot of lo- locales on the show. Right, but it's pretty clear that almost everywhere is just concrete and glass. Yeah. Um, and and there's like and again there's like this this uh, bigger story which starts off the show of this woman being sucked up by this blue stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you get some satisfaction at the end of the first season. You mm. learn a little bit about what it is, yeah. and it's. And, the, I mean, and I think in true noir form, um, the whole just goes deeper and deeper. There's no mystery, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you get, I mean, you, you learn a little, like, some bounds about mm-hmm. where it comes from. Yeah. You don't know what its purpose is. You, you get some, like, real good contact with it. Right. To see, like, a little bit about it and what mm-hmm. it does and all this other stuff. And it just hints of, like, a much larger conspiracy. I mean, I just mm-hmm. think of the moment... Um, if we're using a noir structure like in yeah. Chinatown when like Jake goes out and gets flushed by all that water and right. you're like well, yeah. right like so we we know that this is somebody is lying right um, and so yeah, and, and it's from that moment that like once he's able to understand like that something is definitely wrong mm-hmm. and, and has to do with his water mm-hmm. um, that he then sort of has a little more direction to search I think that's sort of where they leave you at the end of the first season mm. um uh, and I'm just I'm frankly excited to see where they go with I think there's a complete second season I haven't watched it yet yeah that. I think it's done
0: yeah um, but I mean you know, I mean, I, it's, it's good sci-fi yeah. I mean it's good it's good space it is it's not something that I didn't I still intend to finish it but other things came up yeah that I wanted to watch more mm-hmm. but yeah I, w- I would agree that it is uh, of TV shows doing sci-fi it's one of the better ones in quite a while doing interesting stuff
1: and i also think it's um because it's from the sci-fi network Mm -hmm. um it's writing i think they they seem to very clearly acknowledge that they're writing for a genre audience Mm -hmm. um which is i mean it's like it's a genre that i i feel like i have a lot of experience with and Mm -hmm. i can like be you know a member of that genre very well like oh like i know what you're referencing here i I know the like other 10 works that this is including (laughs) um that's nice Cause yeah. I also feel like it's – even like getting like Babylon 5 made back in the day, mm-hmm. um, it's like a niche audience. And, it, yeah. and like, um, you know, it was even at the time when like space stuff was kind of hip. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it probably wouldn't have get, gotten them made if that wasn't there. Right. But it's just yet – I mean like yet another testament to the fact that we live in a really cool time for yeah. video and television mm-hmm. um, when you can get um, – Subgenre stuff made and made pretty well. I yeah. mean, like, the production values on the show, it does have a few hallmarks of low-budget stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some acting which is, like, <laughs> empty. Yeah. Um, and there's some of the... Um, some of the locales, like, we spend a lot of time in similar places, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, they generally seem to care about, like, consistency. Mm-hmm. Like, they, d- they deal with gravity pretty well. Yeah. You know, they have rules about stuff. Mm-hmm. you know and I don't just sort of circumvent it because like they yell really loud and pull back on the stick you Yeah, know,
0: people die yeah um, I did appreciate like uh, I think what I was complaining to you before recording is like <laughs> I didn't always believe the world even yeah. though it does a pretty good job on their budget but I did appreciate their like moments where I'd start to be like eh, there was that public space that I didn't really think felt very realistic or populated realistically or whatever Um, but then he'll like go back to his apartment and there'll be some small futuristic detail that I'm like oh that was interesting like they kind of do have uh, a good attention to detail in certain ways that is unique and um, realistic possibly yeah that's really like
1: the way they use their phones like their digital world seems Mm -hmm. to make sense right you know and that like it's just there's a point at which like once we recognize that like wireless is real mm-hmm. like location is irrelevant right and that's a big part of the show I yeah. mean like they get there's a point where there's this broadcast which is like hugely significant mm-hmm. which just happens to get sent out you know yeah. and I think that that's you know we see that you know in the Serenity movie mm-hmm. um and you know very dramatically um but I think, you know, I mean, I, this is, like, a, a sort of a silly example, <laughs> but I remember watching, like, some of the original Transformers with my kids, the mm-hmm. animated series, and there's, at some point, like, someone has information on, like, a diskette, yeah. which they need to get somewhere, yeah. and I'm like, that is, like... And in even in, is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's a, that's a future that we don't live in, right? And you know, live. and in the expanse, like everyone has these cell phones, which mm-hmm. are essentially computers, which can pretty much do whatever you need, right? Which yeah. is, I think, exactly how it would be. Yeah. I also sense. like that our protagonist has a crack in his, which is <laughs> I <it> just that <laughs> yeah. seems great. Right. Um, and also, I mean, I think a lot of the public space scenes that you have complaints with, I think, come from like the Babylon Five public space, which is called the Zocalo, which mm-hmm. is based in this South American thing. Um, I I think the way I think about it, the best defense I think I can make of it is um, if you didn't have it, the show is like just a bunch of white dudes. Yeah, you know, and I mean, and Expanse has a lot of diverse characters. Mm-hmm. But I think in in early shows like Babylon Five and certainly mm-hmm. like Star Trek: Next Generation, which is like its own world, it's not a world I believe is ever going to happen, but yeah. it's an interesting space world. Um. If you don't really spend a lot of time having, you know, uncomfortable (laughs) slices of everyone. Yeah. um, The show looks bad.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Because, you know, you are just on a space station. You are just in a place. You end up up dealing with, like, you have the same archetypes. You have, like, the soldier and the something else and the something else. Um, And so I think that they, they always, I think Babylon 5 did this well, always has this smattering... Of like okay, so we're part of a larger world, and there's a lot of people that we don't follow their stories, mm-hmm. but they live here, yeah, and they're part of this world, yeah. Um, and I think it, you know it can be done better, yeah. Um, but I, I, mean, I, I always appreciate that element. Of this I
0: story. think I had trouble with both of those shots in <laughs> Babylon Five and DC. Oh yeah, I mean Babylon Five is
1: full of problems.
0: I don't think it was. Uh, it's not that I don't like seeing those areas. It's like the yeah, th- how they you don't buy them as I they, don't they, buy yeah. 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 I mean I, I would like that I like that concept a lot. Um, and wanna like go to those areas. and I think part of the problem is and I think the expanse is better than those shows. And you know, those are much older now. Yeah. But they're you know, those were like filmed as T V shows. So yeah. like normally it, you you like kinda know it's on a set. But yeah, like, absolutely. Aesthetic. But like, so, but when they go there, you're like, well, it's not supposed to look like a set, but it's definitely a just it's like, oh, there's a fake plan. So, and they're not like shot cinematically. So, I yeah. think if you were like down in close ups and stuff, it would feel more real. But that's not yeah, how yeah. those shows are made. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, I, mean, I, I agree with yeah. that element of yeah. execution. Yeah. I wanted to mention uh, briefly "Hologram for a King," mm-hmm. which is based off the Dave Eger's book and directed by Tom Tickwar, I think is how you pronounce his name, Mm a German filmmaker. I've always been a big fan of Run, Lola, Run. Yeah. And I think at one point I would have said, like, he was one of my favorite filmmakers. Mm -hmm. Um, His other films are really actually quite slow compared to Run, Lola, Run. Mm -hmm. I think that was more of, like, an experiment for him, Hmm. like something fun um, for him to do. Uh, But I think he, he always has, like, a really interesting style that is his own... Uh, lately, he's been working more with the um, Wachowski siblings. Mm-hmm. Uh, made the Matrix, and so he helped. I think he directed half of uh, Cloud Atlas and stuff with them. But this is kind of his own his own thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, some elements I enjoyed of it. So basically, it's like Tom Hanks working in, I believe, Saudi Arabia for the for this business and kind of sales. And supposed he's supposed to be selling this new hologram technology of communicating and stuff like that. And so it kind of reminded me a little bit of, like, how Dubai has just, like, sprung up this, like, modern city Mm -hmm. in, like, a decade or something, you know? And so they're trying to kind of start the same thing, um, the king of Saudi Arabia, in, in this sort of phase. But right now it's just, like, two buildings in the desert and, like, a tent and... So I don't know, it was like a little bit like lost in translation, like he's in this different culture, he doesn't understand and is trying to deal with that and he befriends like a um, cab driver from there who's like a really great character, really fun, and they end up like just like having to be around each other a lot. So I mean it's kind of the usual like fish out of water but slowly like learning something about themselves because of their in this different culture. But, you know, having spent some time and really enjoying being in other countries and other cultures that are not like mine,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um, I really enjoyed that aspect. And this is Tom Hanks, who is, like, the best at being, like, the everyman, right? And that's basically what he's doing here. And I think it's a little bit more of, like, a midlife crisis type film, too. Mm. Like, he's not really trusted to pull off this deal by his company, and he's kind of been just, like... Riding, you know, taking it easy. The last Mm -hmm. few years is the impression you get. And now he like needs to do something a little bit more to show, um, to impress his, his bosses and stuff. But also like learning through this time, like this is not the sort of lifestyle that he, that I want. And, um, this is, these are not really the important things in life. My, like my life does not depend on me making Mm -hmm. this deal or I don't know. It just brought up a lot of interesting thoughts from my own life and experiences uh he also is like separated from his wife at this point but has a daughter who's like in college and they have like phone conversations and stuff um while he's overseas and i don't know just like having a new daughter and young kids it like things like that make me think about like Who like how will my kids view me when they're like old enough to have like their own thoughts about who I am? (laughs) And you can tell he's like starting to feel like, well, I kind of live this like a little bit passive life, and he wants to be something more to his daughter, or like trying to inspire her to be more, Mm -hmm. you know. But wants to be like supportive of whatever decisions she makes in life, but wants her to do something that has meaning, and so realizing like he himself has to, like, kind of take hold of his own life Mm -hmm. if he's going to tell her to do that. Oh, it's really fascinating. He, like, meets this doctor who's... This woman who's, um, like, a local. And she's really, like, intelligent and interesting. and, uh, And so they sort of, like, keep running into each other. And you can... There's, like, sexual tension, but... Like, in this other culture, they're not really supposed to be, like, alone together or anything mm-hmm. like that. So there's kind of a fun story around that and him kind of, again, just, like, opening up his world. I don't know if you've read any Dave Eggers, but...
1: I read The Heartbreak more Work of Genius. Yeah.
0: Um, I haven't actually read Hologram for a King, but um, I think he has a lot of interesting detail to his worlds, mm. interesting characters. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I could see some of that come through there's a, another film recently came out based on one of his books which i haven't read the circle which i heard got really bad reviews mm. um with emma watson in it so yeah i was i i kind of heard mixed things about the hologram for a king caught it on i think amazon prime but was really impressed i really enjoyed it good performance from tom hanks who i haven't really i feel like in his own career has sort of been like coasting in his old age which he has every right to do i can't judge him for what he wants to do but mm-hmm. but i thought this was a stronger performance I'm good. a lot of fun aspect well cool. anything else you want to mention no that was all that's on my list this evening Elar. uh yeah i think that's plenty uh there's some i mean we we brought up some other topics that we want to explore yeah, yeah. so well, episode, now that we're sort of like kids up. are
1: going back to school we're yeah. back from vacation we'll uh we'll buckle down and get a couple it's- more thematic, well researched. That's right. Uh, with guests, special effects, all that stuff. That's oh, going to be crazy. It's coming up.
0: It's, yeah. it's going to be the best. Yeah. Better content than Valerian. Uh, yeah. Well,
1: I mean, it was a great thing to talk about. Yeah. And a good community new videos. Yeah. Cool.
0: Thanks for listening. Have a good night.